0: welcome 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 everybody and thanks for joining us for a special edition of the miami sports podcast we're going to be joined by a very special guest momentarily eric palms the ceo of the orange bowl committee and uh, i'll go out on a limb and say this the big winner from the college football playoff announcement that came over the weekend. But we're gonna talk a little bit about that game, the Alabama-Oklahoma game, but also some good historical stories as far as the Orange Bowl goals. Also, uh, what happened with UCF and, and what do they have to do moving forward in order to be included in this discussion in the years to come. But before we get to all that, our sponsor, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation and I promise you, There is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors, Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. It is Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium in Pembroke Pines. We are pleased to be joined now by the CEO of the Orange Bowl Committee. And yes, I would say the big winner from the college football playoff announcement, Eric Palms.
1: Great to see you. You too. Pleasure being here tonight.
0: Um, we could geek out for like 30 minutes on this yeah. thing. Uh, I, I, w- I won't keep you uh, for, the next, mm-hmm. uh, for the next 30 minutes. But briefly, mm-hmm. when you found out that you're going to get this Alabama-Oklahoma game coming to the Orange Bowl, your reaction is what?
1: Just a tremendous amount of excitement for South Florida. I mean, you're talking about, you talk know, about a matchup that really creates a lot of excitement. Uh, in so many ways. You know, the number one ranked team in the country that's won five of the last nine national championship games. Uh, The quarterback story that took place yesterday in Atlanta was just monumental. And uh, then you pair it up with the other side, with with, with an offense that's breaking every record. Uh, It's just incredible to imagine the uh, theatrics that are going to happen at Hard Rock Stadium.
0: Is there a part of you that that goes into the selection? Because you and I were talking earlier, and you said you really don't know until the the selection is announced what you're going to get. But Mm -hmm. from an outsider's perspective, I don't think Mm -hmm. you could have drawn this up any better for you guys, the contrast in styles. But was there a part of you that was rooting for one of these matchups over another?
1: It just turned out this year that the both semifinal games are tremendous. Uh, you know, when we have a traditional Capital One Orange, but we have the ACC versus the SEC Big 10 and Notre Dame. So when you see the Clemson-Notre Dame matchup, that's very attractive in itself. And then on the other side, Alabama-Oklahoma, as we just talked about, they're just, uh, you know, the types of games that you hope for at the end of the year to play off with four teams and ultimately will crown a national champion. Uh, it's, you know, for us, you know, anytime you have an opportunity to celebrate a game that has impact on the national championship game, to bring tourism to the area, to bring excitement to the local residents that, that are here, we checked every box this year.
0: And with this matchup in particular, I know there was a lot of talk about, okay, could it be Ohio State? I, I think the, mm-hmm. the more controversial one was, could it be Georgia? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking strictly from a, a, a fan's perspective, I know it's kind of hard sometimes to separate yourself from the two, what is it about this matchup potentially versus the other two that really stands out to you and makes you say, all right, this is, this is really good for us?
1: What makes college football so special is the regular season sets up a postseason that just leads to a lot of debate. It's always been there, you know, through the eras that we've all come to know, uh, BCS most recently, now into the college football playoff era and so forth. Uh, I think the committee got it right. I mean, you have 13 people that sit on the selection committee from all walks of life, that are experts in their respective fields in the college football space. You've got athletic directors, you have former head football coaches, you have media writers, you have former players like Ronnie Lott. And I think they really evaluate it. You know, fortunately, uh, the public gets to see for a good six week period where their rankings are on a weekly basis. And it set up the stage for this weekend with you know, some dramatic games and conference championship matchups. You know, we had a, you know, a, a sense that it was gonna come down to a debate if Oklahoma won and beat Texas, if Ohio State beat Northwestern. I think uh, we also knew if Georgia competed like they did yesterday, that that set up the stage really for number four. Alabama going undefeated had its place at number one. Clemson that beat its opponent in the the ACC championship game had its place. The weekend before Notre Dame being USC, they were undefeated. So I think we kind of knew that. Now the matchup ultimately with Oklahoma coming in probably did shape who came down here. If there were other uh, matchups that could have been unfolded, meaning Alabama versus Ohio State or Alabama versus Georgia, that would have been interesting where they got assigned because the selection committee makes that assignment.
0: Now, uh, going back to your your role as as the CEO of this, and look, I, I don't think it's any secret that hey, you, you guys want to promote this game. You want to have a game that is promotable. You want to yeah. be able to sell tickets. You want to be able to build excitement for this game. I, and I, I don't think that um, people would have been uh, people would have stayed away from an Alabama Georgia rematch. But do you think that there was a sense, at least from people you spoke to, that there's more of an excitement level to kind of see this contrast and maybe not see the same thing again that they would have just seen a few weeks earlier.
1: My sense of it is, is those 13 people have a charge, and that's to to rank one through four. And that's their focus. And so I think any of those matchups would have been compelling uh, in their own right. As it turned out, it's the contrast in styles. It's also, when you look at it, you know, you're talking about historic brands of college football. I mean, Alabama. I mean, the run they're on now, but historically, you know, to come back to the Orange Bowl after many years, this is their 10th appearance. Oklahoma, in our 85-year history, 21 times they've been in our game. In fact, what's even... Uh, unbelievable. It's, what's unbelievable is we had the big, big 8 relationship for many, many years. When the BCS was created, that went away. So every four years in the BCS, we had a national championship game, and that was four four-year terms. So we had four, and the first three had Oklahoma in it, The last one, the last one, they were in it to the end and lost to Notre Dame at home in 2012. That's right. right. And now we're in the CFP era. The first semifinal we had, Oklahoma was there. It happened again, and I think there's just something about Oklahoma and the Orange Bowl—the history, the tradition, uh, the iconic coaches that have been there. It just continues from Barry Switzer to Bob Stoops and now Lincoln Riley. So we're excited.
0: I want to go back to something you said a, a few minutes ago that kind of clicked with me. Uh, keep in mind, I am very much a get-off-my-lawn guy when it comes to college football. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an old-school, I, yeah. I didn't even like it when they went to four. I, I love that, that mm-hmm. as you said, the regular season means everything. And mm-hmm. and you have just as much on the line for a game in September, October, as you mm-hmm. do for uh, games in, in November. Mm-hmm. With that said... Where do you stand on the idea that these conference championship games, and again, I, I'm sticking with this SEC title game because I, my personal opinion, and, mm-hmm. and we'll get my bias out there, I feel like Georgia had their shot. And I feel like, okay, if, if the whole goal of this is to not just get the four best teams, but also mm-hmm. ultimately crown a champion, right. I feel like Georgia got a fair opportunity to go out there and prove, do, and they had it right there, in front of them so where do you stand on the idea that not just the whole regular season means something but that also maybe we should take into account that these conference championship games should should kind of also be factored in when you're selecting those those teams
1: I think absolutely and I think the way the conferences evolve their schedules it used to be the 11 game schedule that went to a 12 game schedule and then the advent of the conference championship games came into play you know what makes college football unique is that when you're playing in September you know the games matter you really do in fact, what I do, and obviously I represent the Orange Bowl committee in South Florida, but you can kind of know in your head when there's results in, you know, September, October, how it may have an effect down the road sure, and so forth. But the bigger picture is what's best for college football. College football has never been more popular, and it's been on an ascent ever since really the advent of the Bowl Coalition to the Bowl Alliance. We're going back to the 90s, into the BCS era, into the... Uh, CFP era, and for all the criticism that came with the BCS, the one thing that I would describe, at least from my prism, is that it created cross-interest around the country because it wasn't just who was one and two at the time, Mm -hmm. it was who was defeating those other BCS games, and that's continued into the CFP era. I mean, today at 1230 they announced the top four, but at three o'clock people were waiting to see who was in those other games. Uh, I think it's important that the leadership of college football, which other commissioners, and the athletic directors that sit in that room, you know, want to protect that regular season because it differentiates it from really other sports.
0: So, help me feel better about this yeah. because you do, you do hear this, uh, well, I, it's eventually going to expand to eight. Mm-hmm. It's eventually going to expand to, mm-hmm. to 16. And, and as I said, look, I, I'm very much a traditionalist and, and I, I know I may be in a small group of people, but the reason for that is I don't want the regular season to, to lose meaning. Yeah. So uh, how, is there a way, if they do expand these playoffs, how do you keep that regular season as important as it is now if we do in the future ultimately grow this? Yeah.
1: I think the leadership of college football understands how college football differentiates itself from other professional leagues, playoff structures, and so forth. I think they recognize that this evolution that we just talked about has been very healthy for them, not just in terms of the competition, but in terms of the business enterprise that they run. I think that uh, we're in a a window now, this is year five of a 12 year structure. They do have an opportunity to look into it, but I think it's really worked. And I think, you know, when you factor into the conference championship games, more often than not, they kind of play in like quarterfinal games. I mean, we saw one yesterday, with, you know, the Georgia-Alabama game. They knew what was at stake and so forth, and it had, it had, it had impact on that. You know, in the end, I think um, it will continue to evolve. Uh, there'll be different leadership that comes into, you know, commissioner roles down the road and so forth. But I think the common thread from generation to generation is to protect that regular season so it doesn't get watered down. The example that they have is college basketball where March Madness is just an incredible American tradition and uh, we all get fired up when we see the brackets and we follow it. But what it's done is it's expanded is that some of the matchups that when I was growing up in the eighties and so forth, that were must see uh, games. My people are still watching them. It doesn't have the same impact that it once did. I mean, you go back to the seventies in basketball, if you didn't win your conference title, you weren't in the tournament. And I think they see that because their business models revolve around that the regular season's healthy and that the draw to their home games have relevance and so forth. And I think they really did strike the right balance when they went from the BCS to the CFP.
0: I, I'm glad you brought up college basketball uh, yeah. because you know, I, I, I feel like the exact same. And I, I grew up uh, watching college football, college basketball and you know, to, a, to a lesser extent the NFL and, and and NBA and Major League Baseball but but when I was growing up it was man you want to watch and I was it, born in Baton Rouge so it was okay. I, I actually loved the Dale Brown LSU Tigers mm-hmm. I, I I loved uh, you know some of the the matchups with with Kentucky with with all that and now you lose a, a huge game what should be a huge game on your conference schedule whether it's in the SEC or the mm-hmm. ACC and it's like all right, great game. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see again maybe when it really matters, yeah. and and that that kind of rubs me the wrong way, and I never want to see that get into college football, yeah. and and I think that's that's kind of why, like I said, I'm i a get off my lawn guy. So I guess it's yeah. it's good to hear that, and, and I think look, this is not a it's not a any sort of philanthropic venture. I, I mean, I, I think from what you're saying, it sounds as though the people in in positions of power with this understand that. There's a lot of money to be made on those TV deals throughout the regular season Mm -hmm. uh, to where, yes, you Mm -hmm. may think that you're making more money, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you may think that you're making more money if you expand to an eight or a 16, but at what risk? And do you potentially risk the TV deals and and the money that comes in there for the rest of the regular season?
1: Yeah, and I think there's other really uh, important factors that the commissioners and the athletic directors think about. I mean, you have, you know, these are student athletes. They're in institutions of higher education. They're going to school, they're not practicing at the level that, that if they move to the next level, that they will. I mean, they are focused in on a balance between academics and athletics. There's the length of a season, you know, and when you get to December, one of the things that maybe a lot of people don't zone in on is that final exams are coming up. And when you go across the country, Different institutions within different conferences have those exams at different times, so to sort of fit in the schedule as part of their thinking, they just want to make sure they look look out for the well-being for the student athletes and strike a balance, you know, with the things we just talked about, where you know the competition and the chase for the championship is healthy from the start of the regular season through the the, the fourteen playoff. And they also want to make sure that the business enterprise that not only is healthy for college football but for their entire athletic departments is in check. So I think these uh, commissioners are
0: sensitive to that
1: and they'll be very deliberate as they move this forward.
0: Well, good. I feel better. (laughs) All right. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. And I promise you, no business in the state of Florida has a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke, Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service it is Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. UCF, Mm -hmm. what do they have to do to be a part of this conversation?
1: I think it's an incredible story, I really do, and uh, within the state of Florida, you can feel it. I mean, all of us have friends and family with kids that are going to UCF, and you see the ascent of a program. Um, You know, I, I would take the comparison, you know, we're in the CFP era, so a lot of focus goes into who gets into the top four and so forth. They make tremendous strides in two seasons, in both being undefeated, but they finished seven yesterday, which is tremendous. And I look at programs like Boise State when they first made their first run in the BCS era. And every iteration that they kept winning brought a level of respect and credibility to their resume and so forth. I think that's happened this year. I think people are taking note, the consistency uh, from the coaching level to the players, stu- you know, student athletes that play. I think it's tremendous. And I think this game against LSU and the Fiesta Bowl is a tremendous opportunity and a uh, venue for them to really showcase, because if they can win that, that's two years in a row beating an SEC team. And I think it will bring momentum into the next year. And I really do think it's viable from, from an institution that plays in the, plays in the group, group of five, in this case, the American Athletic Conference. Look, I think it was four years ago when Houston mm-hmm. started off the season and beat Oklahoma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: About seven, eight weeks later, I believe it beat Louisville. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were in position. I think if they would have won out, they were getting in. And I think they had a couple losses down the stretch that took that opportunity away. But the model's there. And I I just think it's incredible to see what they've accomplished. I mean, shoot, like four years ago, they were 0-12. And to see what they've done is, it's hard to do. It's hard to go undefeated. So I have a lot of respect and admiration for the job that's been done over there for the last several years.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Boise and Houston, yeah. and you said the model is there. So here's the model for, for UCF fans mm-hmm. who are, are uh, outraged, frankly, mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. The model is you have to schedule really tough teams and, and at least one really, really tough opponent out of conference. And because your conference schedule is, is not going to be on the same level as an SEC team an ACC team, uh, you mentioned Boise State, and what I always liked about what Chris Peterson did there when, when he was there before he went to Washington was he said, all right, I will go and play your your top five, top ten program at a, air quotes, neutral site, knowing that playing Virginia Tech in Washington, D.C. is not neutral, yeah. knowing that playing Georgia in the Georgia Dome is not neutral. But he went and he won both those games. And mm-hmm. had they been able to finish those seasons undefeated, uh, the – the year they beat Georgia, it may have been a little tougher because you had, it was a little murkier at the top. Mm-hmm. The year they beat Virginia Tech, it was all in front of them. They were ranked third, and yeah. they lost to Colin Kaepernick in Nevada. Right. And so had they been able to win that, next year they ended up losing to TCU. I think now in the area of the CFP, they would have gotten one of those top four spots. You mentioned Houston. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you schedule an Oklahoma at a mm-hmm. conference. Right. You can do this. And, and let's go back a couple of years ago to UCF and scheduling. They scheduled Michigan in 2016 right they lost 51 to 14 but had they played michigan in 2018 and found a way to win that game i think it's a it's a different conversation and there's an element of luck involved uh you know i don't know when they scheduled unc maybe Mm -hmm. it was after they won the acc but that game got canceled this year but unc wouldn't go to anyway so maybe there's an element of luck involved but the bottom line is I, i think the model is you have to schedule a blue blood type program that you can be pretty sure is going to add to your resume at right. the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I, I, I see all the points that you're making. I would say that, uh, to the point I made earlier, that there is a tremendous opportunity here with LSU, and uh, I, I think uh, they're going to come to play. Uh, look, they're in the American Athletic Conference. That's a really, really good conference. I mean, you take Cincinnati, you take Memphis, you take South Florida. I mean, those are solid programs, so the, the conference you know, who's gone through different iterations when they were the former Big East to the American Athletic Conference, has really built up a steady uh, league with with really tremendous programs. It does help when you have your non-conference schedule, whether even you're in a power five conference, those things come into play. The hard part is you don't know, because a lot of those schedules are done so far in advance that there is an element of, of, of fortune that goes into, you know, when you arrive in that particular year, who's on your schedule. But I do believe, like I said before, beating Auburn last year in the Peach Bowl and then follow it up with an opportunity here with LSU and the Fiesta Bowl will build a foundation. And I think the, the, um, it will grab the attention of the selection committee because a lot of those people stay on. I mean, there's a rotation off the selection committee, but they'll be there. So imagine if they go two seasons in a row, UCF is undefeated two seasons in a row, and they come back next year and make another run, mm-hmm. I think it's gonna
0: matter. It, and I, I also think, and it, it's, it, it, feels, it feels bad because, and again, I, I had this debate with UCF fans quite a bit because the college football playoff is, is all many of them seem to want to focus on right now. When my, my response would be, look, arguably, I would say the most exciting game I ever remember seeing was sitting down and watching the Fiesta Bowl between Boise State and Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. they had the Statue of Liberty play, I think the running mm-hmm. back back's name was uh, Ian Johnson, I think, right. scores the touchdown, goes over, mm-hmm. proposes to right. his, his girlfriend, who's a yep. cheerleader on the side. I mean, it doesn't all have to be about making the playoff, but if that's what you really want to focus on, Look, I agree with you, by the way, the American conference has has done a great job. And I, and I would say mm-hmm. in some ways may have separated itself a little bit from some of the other group of five mm-hmm. conferences because of the consistency you talked about. But yeah. look, if, if we're gonna really go down this road, it, you give up almost 700 yards at home to Temple and, and you give up almost 600 yards at home to Memphis. And I, I feel like if you do that and you don't end up with one of those big out of conference type opponents, then it's kind of hard to make the argument for the top four at the end of the year. And as far as UCF goes, it's fair or not, when you are not in a power five conference, it's it's hard because, you know, you mentioned even if you are in a power five, you want to beat one of those big time teams out of conference. Mm -hmm. But say you do that, say you schedule one of those and you either lose that or you win that and then you lose a game in conference. There is, I think, different rules in that you can come back from that loss. Whereas in a group of five, I don't think you can. And mm-hmm. so I think UCF fans that want to focus on the playoff and the unfairness of this, I, I feel like there's a focus on, well, we can't get there. Mm-hmm. And I think you can. I just think you have to go mm-hmm. a level above. And to your point, which I think is a great one, you do have to build up. I think that, that Boise State-Oklahoma game, two thousand. Five, six, mm-hmm. so it, right. it was, and, and the other years I was talking about, you were talking about five years later yeah. when, they, when they played Virginia Tech, when they played Georgia. So it does take some time in order to get there. It, you can argue it's unfair that you have to play by a different set of rules, but it doesn't mean that the path does not exist. And I think yeah. that was your point.
1: Listen, I'm at a bowl game. We have no, you know, voice when it comes to how the selection goes. All of us agreed, whether it was the bowl games, the institutions, uh, the conferences, to a, a four-team structure, a playoff structure where there would be a selection committee. And the composition of that selection committee, as I said earlier, are just highly respected um, experts that come into a room and give it their best to come up with who is in the top four. Every team in America that has signed up to do this has their schedule in front of them. Mm-hmm. And they you know do everything they can to put their best resume forward and so forth uh it was a competitive year this year i mean you look at the top 10 i mean these are tremendous programs that had unbelievable years and ucf what a story i mean it's not just this year it's last year and i think that they're going to continue to thrive Uh, they have an opportunity here coming up at the fiesta bowl and uh, I think the future is gonna continue to be bright for UCF.
0: So, great job UCF, I, 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 I hate that the negative seems to be what's focused on, but I think because the question is, why are we not a part of it? it then I think unfortunately sometimes the answers come off as negative because you're trying to answer the question, why not? You mentioned stories and um, you mentioned how many times Oklahoma's been in this game, this Orange Bowl game, how many times Alabama has been in this, this game. Your experience with, with all of this, and, and you and I were talking off camera about some of the stuff that, um, you know, you, you have experienced being a part of this. Um, if you could tell a couple of stories or, or one that's, that's very vivid in your mind um, about either some of the people that are going to be a part of this year's event or, or mm-hmm. historical memories of some of these teams, just in case fans of Alabama or Oklahoma are listening, what, what would stick out to you?
1: Ironically, I was, I was telling you that our Hall of Fame class this year includes Bob Stoops and Sean Alexander, and uh, we had no idea that this matchup was coming. So that's just incredible because, you know, we talked about in the BCS era to the CFP era, uh, Bob Stoops brought four teams here. He won his championship here in 2001, and uh, such a, a legend in Orange Bowl history to be honored and to, to be in front of a crowd that has uh, his fan base there is, is special. And then Sean Alexander, I'll never forget this night. I've been at the Orange Bowl for a good many years, but on the Millennium Night, uh, Alabama played Michigan, and it was a shootout. And oh, it, was, it, was, yep, it was decided by a missed extra point <laughs> that took place. But uh, there was a quarterback for Michigan that, that night, and while he was certainly well-known in college football circles, I don't think anybody knew what was about to happen as he entered into the NFL. And it was a four touchdown performance <laughs> by Tom Brady. And, but Sean Alexander had a monster night that night. And so uh, there's that connectedness. But I would go back to, you know, in 85 years, Oklahoma's been in our game 21 Man. times. And uh, we, had, we have monthly speakers that come down to speak to the Orange Bull Committee. And Coach Switzer came down. And when he stood in front of the room, with no script and talked about not just the memories, but what this bowl game's meant to him. And we're all sitting there looking at him and saying, what you've meant to us, the thread from, you know, coaches like that to Bob Stoops is going in the Hall of Fame, to know the incredible job that Lincoln Raleigh has done is just, you know, priceless. And then you go to Alabama, there's just been so many legendary moments, 10 times they've been in our game, national championship games, you're going back to Bear Bryant and so forth. The last time they were here was in 2013 when they won the national championship game against Notre Dame. Uh, This is six years now, and what Coach Saban has done there, I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, you know, this is my job, but when you take yourself away from it and you see uh, five national championships in nine years and really competing in most of the other years, for a shot of it is nothing short of just incredible. And so we're excited about to have these historic blue blood brands coming down in a spotlight with a national semifinal at stake, who's gonna advance to the national championship game. It's exciting.
0: I uh, was watching that Michigan Alabama game on Bourbon Street. My buddies and i went down <laughs> to new orleans for the sugar bowl yeah. that was the year that virginia tech played yeah. florida state and i right. remember going, right. we we, right. we would go from uh you're, you're walking down the street and you can peer inside the windows yeah. of the bars yeah. and so we would stop at one watch until the next commercial <laughs> walked out to the other one and i remember i mean i think we knew sean alexander was going to be good i don't think we knew he would be that good mm-hmm. when he got into the into yeah. the nfl I just remember drew henson being all the rage for michigan and and uh, you know uh, tom brady goes out there and it is Mm -hmm. why is henson even even a consideration right now i mean who is this guy and no i mean i I, i'm with you i don't think we ever thought that that either one of those guys would would turn out quite as they did um in the nfl okay uh so for this game coming up oklahoma Alabama, you guys are the big winners no matter who wins that game because you guys got the best college football playoff matchup. I can say that uh, objectively. You could say it uh, not objectively because you're a part of this. People want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. Where do they go? Uh, What's the website? and, And what are some of the events that you guys have coming up for it?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I think both semifinals are incredible. I mean, you have Notre L- Dame playing L- Listen Clemson. to this
0: guy being objective. Im- listen to him. Yeah. Uh, come on, I'll uh, say it. He got yeah. the best
1: matchup. No, I mean, <laughs> listen. I mean, the Cotton Bowl is going to have an incredible semifinal, and then you have it married up to the Oklahoma-Alabama game. Uh, it's a semifinal game, so we're at the very end with our tickets. You can go to www.orangebull.org, or you can call the Orange Bowl office at 305-341-4702. And uh, there's a whole week of activities. I mean, the game's on the 29th. The teams will come down. Uh, Right now, it looks like right before Christmas, and they'll be here through the week. And we do all kinds of activities for the student athletes, for the official parties, uh, for the presidential party, for the media and so forth like you. Uh, But for the fans, something very special, and that is our title sponsor is Capital One. They're amazing, really. They did a concert three years ago, a free concert, called the Capital One Beach Bash, which featured the Imagine Dragons. Mm -hmm. This year, on Friday night, uh, December 28th, on South Beach, is going to be the Dave Matthews Band. Oh, wow. Free concert for the fans to enjoy. And then on the day of the game, we have the Capital One Orange Bowl Fan Fest, which is in the parking lots of Hard Rock Stadium. And that's a free event with your ticket to go into the stadium. So a lot of opportunity to really celebrate, to party, and, uh, and then it with an incredible matchup.
0: I know you guys also do some of these events with, with players as well. Is there, off the cuff, can you remember any story with some of the players, uh, one that either sticks out to you as funny, something memorable, whether yeah. it's going in jet skiing, anything that you can remember off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean,
1: well, for me, you know, I grew up here in, in Miami and I used to uh, coach the boys club basketball team and as the years went on uh, Miami played Florida State I think it was in 2004 mm-hmm. and uh, there were a couple kids that were on that team <laughs> that I coached I didn't remember and uh, that was neat for me yeah. uh, I would just say this you know South Florida is so rich in talent and to go and be part of the bowl game for so many years to see a Geno Smith come back and to say I grew up in Miramar, I played in the Orange Bowl Youth Football League Alliance that we do, and to see him break every quarterback record, it's just awesome. That is cool. We're doing right now a legacy gift, the Orange Bowl Committee with Palm Beach County in Bell Glade, Florida, and uh, we're building a $3 million field with them in a partnership, and the ribbon cutting is coming, coming up in, in December, but at that ribbon cutting, Brad Banks is coming, And Brad Banks was the quarterback in 2003, It started for Iowa, and he grew up in that area, in Belle Glade. And to have him there to show where these kids, which obviously they've gone into great things, that makes us feel great.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Eric Palms, the CEO of the College of the Orange Bowl Committee. Uh, Eric. uh, Thanks, as always, for joining us. Thanks for, uh, for, for dealing with me in my, my college football fandom. Let's get you out <laughs> on this. Uh, one more time, I want to thank our sponsor, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you, no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera, Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke, Pines. Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service it is vera cadillac buick gmc 300 south university drive three miles north of the stadium pembroke pines eric palm ceo of the orange bowl committee going to be a fun few weeks leading up thank you congratulations appreciate the opportunity to be here of course